we direct your attention to the very beginning of the Word of God. Our first scripture that is before us is the first words of scripture itself, Genesis 1, 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then moving to the end of the chapter, and God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. Now to verse 3. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. And then to the New Testament, 2 Corinthians 3, 4 rather, 6. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. The word of the Lord. You may be seated. Before we can understand the light, we must contemplate the darkness. Here in this very opening scene of the entire scriptures, the entire creation, the Word of God, we have this statement, the earth was without form and void and darkness was over the face of the deep. Darkness was over the face of the deep. The darkness was palpable. It could be touched. It was intense. It was universal. The earth in this primordial condition was formless. There was disorder. Darkness is mentioned 200 times in Holy Scripture. Light is mentioned 200 times in Holy Scripture. And 60 times Darkness and light are coupled together in a phrase or a statement or a verse, showing an immense contrast. Before we understand anything about the light, 
we must understand something about the darkness. The darkness is rich in imagery in scripture. It is that which is formless, void, empty. It is the place of disorder. It's the place of groping and stumbling. It is the place of terrors. Darkness is the theater of violence, robbery, ambush, the place of absolute uncertainty. It is the place of immorality. It is in the darkness that men and women do their evil deeds. It is the place that men think God cannot see them. But the darkness is the place where men and women spend their time away from God. It's the place of gloom. It is the place of doom. Darkness, and to me this is one of the most pertinent things about the theater of darkness and that it is the place that ends ceases productivity the night cometh when no man can work the creation mandate given to the first pair was to be fruitful and multiply and to fill the earth the earth was void it was to be filled. It was formless. It was to be given form. There was productive work to be done. There was an occupying. There was a subduing. There was a conquering. There was a building. There was a productivity mandate placed upon the race. But night prevented that. If you want to get an interesting little feel of the biblical notion of darkness, read the book of Job. Job over and over and over uses the darkness as a symbol for the things that we've talked about, but principally it is the darkness of gloom, the darkness of hopelessness, a darkness that overwhelms and closes in The things that are done in the dark are called by Paul in Ephesians 5, the unfruitful works of darkness. It's the place in the theater of ignorance, total void of the revelation of God. The voice of God is not heard in the darkness. The face of God is not seen in the darkness. The ways of darkness are called in Proverbs. These are the evil ways, the sinful ways. In fact, it is so vivid that darkness is the symbol for the grave, for death itself, for the pit. The creation in this primordial condition was formless and void. It needed form and it needed filling.
And into this darkness, God created light. Now, before I move another foot forward, let me mention the scriptures teach that God creates darkness as well. Nothing is outside the creative and providential scope of the powers and the realities that God has brought into existence. The darkness over the face of the deep was that which God had placed there because it was against the black, dense velvet of darkness that God's glory would shine, that God's manifestation and revelation of himself would beam forward. In our text, it says, in the creation of light, God said, let there be light, direct, immediate, fiat creation. Creation by the spoken word of God, the creative power of God. Light is not an emanation from God. It is not as the pagans, and we would be Zoroastrian if we would say that light is an emanation of God, but it is certainly that which God has always done, and that's created everything in his own image. And God in his person is light, and in him is no darkness at all. The Bible says that light covers him, that it covers him like a garment, that he is of unapproachable light, that he is light in essence. And when he created, he creates in his image. As we of course know, mankind was created in the image of God. So light in the universe is created by God. It is separate from God. It is part of the creature, not the creator. Let's not be confused. But it is in the image of the creator. Light is that which God sheds forth. Just a, an apologetic point here, if you'll permit me. The scoffers who love to make fun of the Bible, scoff at the biblical account of creation by saying, ha, 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 what kind of contradiction is this in the Bible? We have light existing before there was the sun. What kind of inconsistency do we have here, they scoff. I would contend that God did not need the sun to have light. God himself spoke light into existence. He created the sun, the moon, and the stars, and all of those things to be just vessels. Just like the ancient priest in the Old Testament would fill the lamps in the tabernacle and in the temple with the fine, cured, and refined olive oil that would light the lamps of the temple. So God filled the sun with the helium to be the gas that would light that lamp that we call the sun and the 
all the stars of the heavens. The sun is a creation of God to be a bearer of light and to be one more little hint of his glory. The sun in all of its brilliance testifies to the glory of God. If God himself is light, if he can create light, then he can certainly in his spare time get around to making a little light bulb called the sun. And it is the sun that is not just light giving, but is life giving. We must have the light for the photosynthesis of the plant world. We must have light in order for life to exist on the planet. The darkness snuffs out and stifles the light. And that's the story of the advent, the coming of Christ, is that God sends the light of the world into the darkness of the world. God's given us little hints all through history of how he views this contrast between light and darkness. One thing we find is the judgment of God resting upon a country, a nation, and it was utter darkness. It was the third plague upon Egypt, a absolutely stifling, death signaling darkness. In the wilderness, God hovered over his people with a pillar of fire at night to stave off the pervasive and insidious darkness that would have absolutely trapped them in that desert wilderness dwelling. When God came to signal his terrors of punishment for disobedience to his covenant on the Mount Sinai. It was a cloud of absolute darkness. The darkness is the judgment of God. Light is the salvation that God brings. And so it is in Christ. The light in the darkness preach to us in uncertain terms the gospel of the death and resurrection of Jesus. Hanging on that cross at high noon, there was a darkness upon the earth for three hours, an inexplicable midnight of God's wrath, a setting of the sun that said, this is my judgment, but it fell upon Christ as he hung on that cross. 
the loneliness, the abandonment, the coldness, the isolation of the judgment of God rested on Christ. And it is no accident that the resurrection didn't occur late one afternoon. It was upon the first day of the week at the first flicker of dawn. The Old Testament prophet Malachi had called it the sun of righteousness arising with healing in his wings. The wings are the beams that come out from the sun. The healing wholeness of the gospel comes to us as a radiant light. Let me close by just noticing one little word. In our text it says, darkness was over the face of the deep. And in our gospel reading, it says, the God who said, let light shine out of darkness, which is a direct reference to the creation of light that we just saw, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. The face of Jesus, the sweet, smiling face, the radiant face, the beckoning face, the loving face, the tender face of Jesus Christ comes to us to overcome the darkness. Christ is the light of the world. The light has come into the darkness and the darkness does not overcome it. Jesus Christ is that beaming, glory, radiant face of God in his salvation. Moses spent a little time in the presence of the Lord and when he came down the mountain, they said his face was glowing. That was nothing compared to the glow that's on the face of Jesus Christ as he brings to us the light of lights and the light of light, the salvation of the Lord himself. Light has dawned. When the Lord said, let there be light, there was creation. When the Lord spoke the word and sent the word, there was recreation, restoration, resurrection, redemption for us all in Christ. There's the face. What face are you facing? Are you facing the face of the deep where there is gloom, disorder, evil, sin, the death, or are you facing the face of the glory of God in Jesus Christ?